Let's see, where do I begin? The Ares Program. Mankind reaching out to Mars to send people to another planet for the very first time and expand the horizons of humanity, blah, blah, blah. The Ares One crew did their thing and came back heroes. They got the parades and fame and love of the world. Ares Two did the same thing, in a different location on Mars. They got a firm handshake and a hot cup of coffee when they got home. Ares Three, well, that was my mission. Okay, not mine, per se. Commander Lewis was in charge. I was just one of her crew. Actually, I was the very lowest-ranked member of the crew. I would only be in command of the mission if I were the only remaining person. What do you know? I'm in command. I wonder if this log will be recovered before the rest of the crew die of old age. I presume they got back to Earth all right. Guys, if you're reading this, it wasn't your fault. You did what you had to do. In your position, I would have done the same thing. I don't blame you, and I'm glad you survived. I guess I should explain how Mars missions work for any layman who may be reading this. We got to Earth orbit the normal way, through an ordinary ship to Hermes. All the Ares missions use Hermes to get to and from Mars. It's really big and cost a lot, so NASA built only one. Once we got to Hermes, four additional unmanned missions brought us fuel and supplies while we prepared for our trip. Once everything was a go, we set out for Mars. But not very fast. Gone are the days of heavy chemical fuel burns and trans-Mars injection orbits. Hermes is powered by ion engines. They throw argon out the back of the ship really fast to get a tiny amount of acceleration. The thing is, it doesn't take much reactant mass, so a little argon and a nuclear reactor to power things, let us accelerate constantly the whole way there. You'd be amazed at how fast you can get going with a tiny acceleration over a long time. I could regale you with tales of how we had great fun on the trip, but I won't. I don't feel like reliving it right now. Suffice it to say, we got to Mars 124 days later without strangling each other. From there, we took the MDV, Mars Descent Vehicle, to the surface, The MDV is basically a big can with some light thrusters and parachutes attached. Its sole purpose is to get six humans from Mars orbit to the surface without killing any of them. And now we come to the real trick of Mars exploration, having all of our shit there in advance. A total of fourteen unmanned missions deposited everything we would need for surface operations. They tried their best to land all the supply vessels in the same general area and did a reasonably good job. Supplies aren't nearly so fragile as humans and can hit the ground really hard, but they tend to bounce around a lot. Naturally, they didn't send us to Mars until they'd confirmed that all the supplies had made it to the surface and their containers weren't breached. Start to finish, including supply missions, a Mars mission takes about three years. In fact, there were Ares 3 supplies en route to Mars while the Ares 2 crew were on their way home. The most important piece of the advanced supplies, of course, was the MAV, the Mars Ascent Vehicle. That was how we would get back to Hermes after surface operations were complete. The MAV was soft-landed, as opposed to the balloon bounce fest the other supplies had. Of course, it was in constant communication with Houston, and if there had been any problems with it, we would have passed by Mars and gone home without ever landing. The MAV is pretty cool. Turns out, through a neat set of chemical reactions with the Martian atmosphere— For every kilogram of hydrogen you bring to Mars, you can make 13 kilograms of fuel. It's a slow process, though. It takes 24 months to fill the tank. 
That's why they sent it long before we got here. You can imagine how disappointed I was when I discovered the MAV was gone. It was a ridiculous sequence of events that led me to almost dying, and an even more ridiculous sequence that led me to surviving. The mission is designed to handle sandstorm gusts up to 150 kilometers per hour, so Houston got understandably nervous when we got whacked with 175 kilometers per hour winds. We all got in our flight spacesuits and huddled in the middle of the HAB, just in case it lost pressure. But the HAB wasn't the problem. The MAV is a spaceship. It has a lot of delicate parts. It can put up with storms to a certain extent, but it can't just get sandblasted forever. After an hour and a half of sustained wind, NASA gave the order to abort. Nobody wanted to stop a month-long mission after only six days, but if the MAV took any more punishment, we'd all have gotten stranded down there. We had to go out in the storm to get from the HAB to the MAV. That was going to be risky, but what choice did we have? Everyone made it, but me. Our main communications dish, which relayed signals from the HAB to Hermes, acted like a parachute getting torn from its foundation and carried with the torrent. Along the way, it crashed through the reception antenna array. Then one of those long, thin antennae slammed into me end first. It tore through my suit like a bullet through butter, and I felt the worst pain of my life as it ripped open my side. I vaguely remember having the wind knocked out of me, pulled out of me, really, and my ears popping painfully as the pressure of my suit escaped. The last thing I remember was seeing Johansson hopelessly reaching out toward me.